Fearless fam, welcome to another episode where we shed light on topics most like to keep in the dark. This is your host, Chuby, and today's elephant is a level five elephant. I do not even know how to begin this episode, but please beware, this episode is A5. It contains mental health talk, depression, stalking, gaslighting, and more. If you want to proceed, please do so, and remember, you can stop at any time, and you can come back to it when you wish, Okay. Um, as you all know, when we do an episode, it's because it is dear to our hearts and we're definitely passionate about this topic. We will be discussing cyber stalking, cyber harassment. I know we cover, uh, we covered bullying and cyber bullying, but cyber stalking goes further into adult scenarios. It's just, it does not stop only at the kids level. Okay. We have a special guest who has seen me literally grow up into the person that I am today. Uh, they are a mental health counselor, a life coach, fellow colleague, but before I knew them as such, they were my substitute teacher, my mentor. They became my friend and the person I looked up the most. They helped me and shaped me into honing my creative side. They will be joining us today with their own story about cyber stalking but before we let them in we have a definition we cannot start the show without it and you know that is a must in our show what is cyber stalking the repeated use of electronic communications to harass or frighten someone that's just the basic definition but it is actually more complicated than that. Cyber stalking inc includes someone sending you too many messages, a person sending you inappropriate messages, liking all your posts or on social media, manipulating you into interacting with them online, or even trolling you. Online impersonality, GPS stalking, threatening messages, catfishing, or hacking into the target's camera, to their laptop, smartphone, or even surveillance cameras that they have in their own homes and doxing are also behaviors associated with cyber stalking. Let me clarify what doxing is for those that are not familiar. Doxing is the action or process of searching for and publishing private or identifying information about a particular individual on the internet, typically with a malicious of intent. But another way of cyber stalking also does not include none of the above. And it is more complicated and sometimes not easy to track unless there's digital footprint. And that is when the person is hacking the person's technology, like their internet, their phone's computer. Which is an example of DOS, which means in computing, a denial of service attack. It is a cyber attack in which the perpetrator seeks to make a machine or network resource unavailable to its intended users by temporarily or indefinitely disrupting services of a host connecting to a network. Denial of service is typically accomplished by flooding the targeted machine or resource with superflux requests in an attempt to overload systems and prevents some or all legitimate requests from being fulfilled. Meaning the perpetrator will not allow you to post your, on your social media and maybe delete all your emails or texts, anything that deals with you receiving 
anything and therefore making your life hell. Some people who know how to do this can use this to their advantage and use it as a revenge method and obviously cyberstalking method. In Florida, usually a first cyberstalking charge is a first degree misdemeanor. According to Florida Statute 775.082, if an individual is convicted of a first degree misdemeanor, cyberstalking, the individual will be punished with up to one year in jail and a fine up to $1,000. I personally don't think that is enough, but who am I, right? And now that we have explained what this episode is going to be about, let's welcome Dharma, or as we know her to be, uh, Jody, to the show. Hello. Hi, Jody. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Wow, Thank it's you for having me. Of course, you're welcome. I mean, as you already know, we talked about this. I saw what you were going through. And, you know, I, I would like for you to tell the audience on your own words, what what is cyberstalking has done to your life, to you? Uh, you could share as much as you want or, you know, share the, the minimum, whatever you want. But I want Fearless Fam for you to know that cyberstalking is a serious, serious ordeal. It's a serious crime. And it could potentially, you know, unfortunately sometimes uh, end in uh, death. So hopefully this is not one of the cases because we're not letting them get to them. So uh, Dharma, Jody, you are more welcome now to speak on your behalf and, and just share what you want the audience to know about this horrific thing that's happening about cyberstalking. All right, just want to do a quick mic check. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, you're, you're good. You're good. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you very much for having me on your show. It is a privilege, and it also has been a privilege to watch you personally grow up. As we were saying be before the show, we've known each other about 21 years, and we were talking about how quickly uh, those 20 years went by. And I've seen you blossom into an amazing woman which you are now, which is kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. Uh, but you are incredibly talented. You are brilliant in my eyes. Uh, it's been an honor to have you be a part of my life. And one of the things that I, I am very grateful for is how you immediately reached out to me once I went public and you saw the struggle that I was going with because one of the frustrations that I've had is uh, receiving support uh, from close loved ones, understandably, because you know cyber stalking can be very uh, insidious, and uh, as I say in my own videos, and it's very stealthy and invisible. And when you don't have proof to show to people, it's hard for them to believe you, especially when they don't have knowledge of information uh, technology. So pretty much what cyber stalking has done uh, to me my family, my mother, who's been dragged into this, uh, to my career pretty much and, and my entire life overall is, is bring it to a complete halt and brought me to uh, pretty much complete ruin and financial ruin. It's taken a huge toll on my mental health and I have incredible, incredible mental fortitude 
I've been trying to figure out what was going on to me because uh, what was being done to me because again it's very invisible so at the beginning I was like you know something's not right here and it took me a good amount of time to start putting the pieces together and finally figure out that I was being heavily stalked. Now, it started with stalking, but the stalking with time graduated to cyber harassment through the use of my devices. And from cyber harassment, it has, you know, reached full-scale cyber torture because it literally feels the DOSs, the continuous DOSs, whether it's the malware that my former partner has it because it is, you know, intimate partner cyber stalking in my case, uh, just to clarify, whether it's malware that he's uh, installed in my phones and my laptop, or whether at times it's him directly manipulating what I am doing on the computer to the point that once I was writing a letter to someone, which I knew he would be displeased with. And this was before I even caught on to what was happening. And my mouse started going crazy on its own and I couldn't control it. Um, I'm assuming now in hindsight, it was his compulsion to stop me from writing this letter. And he started trolling me as they call it, which I had no idea of. And so the, the letter started getting highlighted and I was like, my, my laptop is glitching because at this point I did not have anything. But when I think back to that incident, now it's very clear that he was remotely logged into my computer, which is what he does at work when he helps uh, co-workers troubleshoot. You're able to remotely log into someone's laptop or computer and take hold of all of the electronic functions of that device. And so that was one of the first indicators that I saw. And yet still, I had absolutely no idea what was going on. I just felt like my electronics were always glitching and giving me problems and causing me frustration until as time went by and I started to gain greater and greater clarity and then going online and educating myself about uh, these issues and this topic that I went full throttle and started uh, conducting my own forensic investigation of my cell phones and my and my uh, computers and laptops. So for those listening, are you able to tell them how long has this been going on so they could gauge your situation? That you, when you realized, oh, this is what's going on, when you realized. In reality, I have come to the conclusion that I have always been monitored by my partner. Now, I want to make this clear, which I mentioned in the introductory video on my channel. I know it's common sometimes for partners to want to know each other's whereabouts. Now with technology, you're able to install apps on your partner's phones. Sometimes it's for safety reasons. When you have children, the parents, you know, all want to be connected with their kids and with each other. Sometimes it's partners that need to work through trust issues and have trauma in their life. Hey, it's okay. It's not about judgment here. It's just about raising awareness. And so it's important to them to know where their uh, spouse is. As long as you tell your partner and you discuss this with your family, 
that you are using a uh, application to keep each other connected or to monitor your adolescence uh, activity online because we do have to stay safe. That is the reality of it. Sometimes uh, some of the younger clients that I've worked with don't necessarily like to be monitored by their parents, but if they're a minor, you know, the parent has every right to do so because there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of uh, breaches that are going on with children's phones as well and, and per predators entering their phone systems and even developing applications where they communicate with kids. I mean, this is a rabbit hole, Chewy, that goes on and on and on forever uh, from what I've been learning since I set uh, on this set out on this mission to further educate myself from what I already uh, knew. But I... I do have reason to believe that I've been getting monitored since the beginning of the relationship, which took place for 11 years. So if you notify your partner and they consent, you know, that is legal, perfectly legal. It crosses the line over to criminal behavior when your partner does not know that you've installed uh, either an application that clones the phone and cloning means that the person can see what you're doing, you know, on your phone, on theirs. I mean, it's terrifying what I've, I've discovered that people could do remotely and see on our devices. Uh, and so if you breach, if you install something on your partner's phone and they don't know about it, it's considered a cyber breach. Now, to be clear, because you did give the statues early on when you first started the show and you did your introduction and you said the laws are not sufficient. You are right. I am hoping that in me contributing to this effort and it's wonderful that I can collaborate, you know, in this capacity with you and partner up because we are a force to be reckoned with when we get together as we've done in the past uh, in terms of activism. But my business devices have been breached and that already goes from a misdemeanor to a federal crime because i deal with uh, confidential uh, client information right. which i do need an official forensic analysis to analysis to determine how far the breaches were and if my client's information has been breached so that i can you know address that issue once i have clarification and confirmation uh, as a duty that I have to my clients, but it, it, it is a federal crime because confidential client or patient information in the fields of mental health and the fields of healthcare is protected by something called HIPAA. And there are HIPAA laws that protect your medical and personal and mental health information to ensure that it is kept as confidential and as private as possible uh, with only people having access to it when you provide consent to the provider for them to be able to share information about your care or the interventions being used or your medical treatment with anybody that you specify in a release of information mm -hmm. form. So with me, it already has crossed over to another level because the devices that I discovered were breached are my business uh, devices so it, it's, it's right. you know escalating so it, serious issues. so it basically doesn't matter how many devices you bring into the home because you're still going to get breached so yeah, there's a hidden network somewhere. there's a right. hidden network somewhere right 
campaign. So are you able to uh, further share if you will, if you can, how, how, so I started with breaching your devices and now what have you seen? How, how bad has it gotten now to this point from when you realized until now, like, are you, so I, there were a couple of things that had happened in the last two years. Now the dynamic mm -hmm. in our relationship started to change significantly in the past two years after we moved and purchased this home where I am residing now with my mom, but where the three of us resided, um, my former partner, myself and my mother living in the in-laws quarters, which is partitioned off on the other side of the house. And I, I began to see behavioral changes because now we were in this contract, right, together, which I suspect started creating a power imbalance because sometimes that's what contracts uh, have the tendency to do, believe it or not. And this is from me putting the pieces together, like I was telling you uh, a little while ago, me now having the time to kind of figure out exactly what happened, what went wrong, and how did we start going downhill to the present moment. And I remember about about two years ago, we we were here two and a half years, you know, living together. Then he moved out in December, and now we're going on our third year living in this new home that we have purchased. That I had an incident where all of my photos from my phone and files from our Dropbox account, which I primarily used, and he was the original purchaser of that account, and then said to me, you know what? take my account. I barely use it. He probably had some ulterior motive in saying that. I just thought it was my partner trying to help me save some money and be resourceful, which, you know, I'm all about. And so was he. And so I said, oh, wonderful, because I needed the extra space to house the PowerPoints and files from my work at the community college, which I'm not going to mention. Just know that I work for a community college as a professor and so I needed to house you know my materials there uh spreadsheets all of that uh, personal information as well which I already made the report to the college and all of a sudden I'm on the phone speaking to someone and I see this data dump a data dump is when a large amount of your files are taken and placed somewhere else or misplaced so I get an alert that, you know, all of my files have been transferred to him somehow. I didn't really understand the nature of it. I just got the alert that this transfer had occurred. I don't know if it was a slip up and he wasn't anticipating for me to get that alert, but I did. And I'm talking to uh, the person on the phone and I'm like, OMG, like all of my stuff has just been you know, dumped to my partner's phone. Now, I don't have anything to hide. I'm pretty transparent. When I go to trips, I'm not trying to hide my laptops or my phones or anything because I try to always come from a place of integrity and live in a place of integrity. And so when I am with a partner, I'm 100% loyal. Never have I cheated on anyone. And if there is that need, then him and I had agreed, hey, we let each other know and we go our separate ways. 
which he said, yes, let's be honest with each other. And so I'll go on trips, you know, I'll leave my electronics in my office. I can't take them with me, uh, but I have never been of the mindset that I have to, you know, put extra security on him. It's my partner. I never thought he was going to go snooping through my files while I was away. I didn't see the need for that. I was, I was a trustworthy person. So with that being said, I see the, uh, the data dump occur. When I hang up, I called him and I said, hey, what's going on? Why are all my files being transferred? I don't even know how my cell phone photos were also in the mix in that Dropbox transfer over to, to his files. And I don't even remember because he is so good at always coming up with a very valid and credible reason actually an excuse for every behavior he's ever exhibited that I have pointed out to him or brought to his attention that I don't even remember number one what he told me but I said okay you know I, I don't feel comfortable with that send me the links of what was transferred because it indicated to me through Google and the alert that you know he can send me links I had no clue what what that was about But I said, all right, well, there's nothing crazy to find. What did make me uncomfortable was that even if we're not hiding anything from our partners, Chuby, it still feels like a violation. Right, you need your privacy in a relationship still sometimes. I Absolutely. Mean. I think that's healthy. Well, actually, as a mental health professional, I know that is healthy right. and healthy boundaries. My partner has every right to his personal life, and I have every right to my personal life. He has every right to spend time with his friends without me being all the time present with them, which I would encourage. And I have the right to spend time with my friends. Because when we don't set those parameters in our relationships and we're constantly together and in each other's business 100%, not that, you know, of course, we're going to share personal details of our lives and our private lives with our partners. But when there is this enmeshment, when it is in excess, then it becomes unhealthy because there is no distinction between each person in the relationship. And so I would encourage him to go spend time with his brothers without me, go out with his friends without me. Heck, he even got to go to Vegas without me and, you know, all As they say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, which even <laughs> yeah. my old supervisor slash therapist said to me when I commented uh, to her about that and how I felt a little uncomfortable because it was a bunch of boys going together, as he called him and his, you know, group of friends. Uh, but I, all I could do was hope that he would make good choices while he was out there and honor our relationship. And I had to right, trust, trust. Right. I was uncomfortable as I felt because I don't want to live in a way where I ever make a partner feel like they're my possession. Right. I'm trying to control them or I'm trying to tell them what to do because I know that that is <clears throat> So anybody who's listening to this, they're probably are saying, because this is why I made the distinction at the beginning as the intro, that all the things that I did mention are not happening to you. He is not bombarding you with messages. He's not liking your old posts. He's being 
and I'm putting this on, in loose quotation marks to those who cannot see it. Uh, he's being very smart about it because he's yes. not leaving any trace. He's yes. not doing any trace because then they're like, there's no evidence for her to, for them to say, oh, I, um, they're lying, right? Because there's no, there's no actual evidence. Hence why at the beginning of the video, I made sure to, to, to include the DOS because that's the only type of um evidence that will be there you know the backlog or the what is it called the, the digital footprint if the, they can find them because it, exactly you know person and he always downplayed his knowledge of information technology but i have come to the realization that i am dealing with a top of the line you know he is a network director and plus, I found the certificate he hadn't shared with me where he had gotten certified as a network architect. Look at the implications of that. That, that encompasses, because he got the certification for his job, ethical hacking, the ability to go into systems, construct systems, build systems, build networks, manage the network, manage everybody's devices and computer system on the network, which again, he does at his place of, uh, of employment. So with all that being said, how safe do you feel right now that your end will get shut down? That's the real, the real, the, the realistic, this is what's happening to you. This is the real life. Like that what will be shut down. I'm sorry. Your end, your, 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 your camera, like, or hacked, like your, devices right now at the moment i don't feel we'll get shut down because we're being recorded and so that would raise suspicions mm. but mm. when i'm alone in private right and if if you've watched a few of my videos and i haven't released all of them i have about 20 video diaries but i'm being very cautious about this and there are a few that I cannot release until I find a video editor, like I said in my intro video, uh, that I can have his name uh, bleeped out because I do have to keep his identity confidential. I, I cannot slander him. He, we have not undergone due process legally. Right, and there's no uh, yeah, until the evidence is, yeah. Yeah, so I have to just, be very cautious. Yeah, glad you said that because most people will be like, oh, just slander his name. And But no. again, you need to keep your size safe as well into uh, the due process, all the evidence, everything that you have piled has been um, looked at and whatever. Wedded, yeah, that it gets better. <clears throat> so with that, what, what was your process? What did you do in order for you to get this resolved like what is what is happening at the moment if you're able to share because you know i know that this is an ongoing thing and it is happening in real life in in real time i mean so okay so i'm gonna start with the present moment in time and then i'll move yeah. backwards in time mm -hmm, so we can mm -hmm. start with the present uh and like i said when i was alone the dos is the interruptions in my service were continuous 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 and again i i don't feel he's constantly on the computer although he did suffer from uh obsessive compulsive tendencies which we would laugh about that when he gets stuck on something he is full throttle so there is a possibility but i do believe that it's a combination of malware infections 
And sometimes it's obvious that he is, you know, directly interfering or DOSing. And with my friends who don't know anything about technology, you know, that interruptions would happen all the time in the middle of communication, either video communications or the ringer turning off so I wouldn't hear somebody call me. I had a supervisor's number that I discovered was re-channeled in my phone so that I could not receive calls from her to try to interfere with my livelihood and my income. And I confirmed that the other day when I spoke to her that I said, hey, let me ask you something. Have you called me for job assignments? Because I work at the uh, for the public school system as well as a temporary instructor. And they're in dire need of, of uh, substitute teachers and I was not getting any calls. So I thought that was strange. Uh, but then things started going downhill and I had to stop working because I was consumed by this situation and my mom becoming destabilized. So I can't even begin to describe what that was like. That's another conversation for another day of the effects of, you know, cyber harassment on a person's psyche and mental health and their personal and family life. But she confirmed it and I said, I knew it. It was blocked. The phone, the number was blocked. So he's intercepted in that way. Another thing he likes to do is to set off my alarms. And let me explain to you, it sounds fantastical. Because when I would talk to people about this, friends and close ones, they would look at me sometimes like I had three heads. To this day, my mother does not believe me. Mind you, she doesn't understand technology. She is much, much older. She gets frustrated with it. If we get frustrated with it, imagine an, a, a person who's in their late 60s coming into this world of immersiveness and the frustrations that they must feel because it's a completely foreign world to them. So she can't even deal with it because since she can't see it, she's been attributing it to me having a, a psychotic episode, perhaps, which he fueled. He fueled that narrative before I found out. And, and when I did confront him and I told him, look, my icons are misplaced on my computer. I feel like I'm getting hacked. And I was like, it wouldn't be you, would it? And he's like, oh, you're paranoid and you're this and that, which is gaslighting. Knowing right. what he was doing. And he passed that narrative on to my mom to the point that he stalked home her, which is another term uh, to yeah. look up and, and do a little bit of research on when it comes to abuse and domestic abuse or partner abuse or dating abuse that a person can stalk home you and trauma bond you. Again, another mm -hmm. conversation for another day. Because we can go on for hours with all of the Right. Yeah, this and, is encompassing a lot. So Yes, but I want to stay focused just on, you know, the cyber stalking and how has it been affecting you? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then we could do, you know, follow-up show if you mm -hmm. like and continue talking about more targeted uh, subjects. So, uh, you know, it, he was setting off my alarms. All it takes when you know how to use Linux code. When you're at that level of expertise, it's just a few keystrokes on your laptop. And yesterday, I found an invaluable video that explains exactly how a hacker can go into the back end of your computer. Remember, our, our computers have a front end and a back end. Windows is the front end where you put your files and your pictures and the little cute icons we drag around that we can change and everything and customize. That's the front end of 
your software of your laptop or your computer or your cell phone. And it was designed that way so it'll be user friendly. Because obviously Linux code or DOS, which I had started to learn when I was in high school, back in the 90s when technology was still being developed and we didn't have Windows. When I took a computer course in high school, I was learning DOS. And it's a, it was very complicated to me. And you have to learn commands and you have to learn a language. It's pretty much a new language. The average user is not going to learn that language. It's too frustrating. Not everybody is open to learning a brand new language. And so uh, the front end, which we see of the icons, is, is the, the beautified aspect of the software program that makes it easy for us to use and not have to learn new programs or whatever languages, which is what the developers and the engineers work with. When you're dealing with a person that knows how to construct networks, you know, set up an entire network, use Linux code, which is very similar to the, uh, the DOS code that we originally had to use and uh, another one is html for those of you that used myspace and wanted to customize your myspace platforms we learned how to use html again another language and i used learn the basics enough to make it you know a creative project but it was very complicated and see see SS, I believe, is another one. Some of you are familiar with this that are listening, that have uh, the expertise as well. For the rest of us, these are foreign terms. But if you understand Linux code, all you have to do is input a few commands or install a program that is automated that hackers can probably easily find on the dark web because these things are distributed on the dark web and traded amongst each other like, like uh, freaking... Uh, Pokemon cards, uh, then when you install it on your target, it's very easy to remotely manipulate their devices, eavesdrop on them, monitor them, track them, look at what you are seeing on your phone, okay, and it, it and and even install a software that when you're busy or whatnot, it'll do it for you. And then probably run reports and, and bring the information back to you or record it and then you go watch it later. These things are not fantastical and it was very frustrating when I was being met with disbelief because of that. Unless you followed the show Mr. Robot, which I was a huge fan, although I stopped watching in the, the second season, at the end of the second season, and we watched the first season. Uh, mm. at the first episode of season three and he said I don't want to watch the show anymore because in the first episode I believe it was the first episode there were there was a character where she goes in her home and she was some affluent high profile individual in the show and the hackers take hold of her smart home meaning that her entire home was you know, digitize yeah, and right, she yeah. control it from her phone, which some of us are being introduced to. And the hacker started turning off her shower, started turning off her lights, started turning off her stove, everything, anything that was connected to her app, which is part of my apprehension of even having an Alexa at home, because that right. I didn't know. 
And he, the hacker started tormenting and torturing her to the point that he pushed her to a, a, a crisis point. And I remember, again, back then I had no idea what was going on. I remember he became very uneasy when he saw that. And he said, well, you know, I want to go to bed. I don't want to watch anymore. And I and that stuck out in my mind. I was like, oh, why did he say that when he loves this show? You know, we both used to right. watch it together while we ate dinner. And now looking back, I'm like, mm. he got uneasy because... That's pretty much what he was doing to me. He set up our home to be a smart home. And I was always dealing with frustration of this and that device. And, and you know, aside from my cell phones and my computers. And now it's all starting to make perfect sense to me. And the key is to frustrate the person. Right. To be like a trickster. In the movie, it was very malicious when she got targeted. He might have started out as just a trickster to put his jokes on me because we, we were both comedians and to keep me in check, quote unquote, and see what I was doing, which right. is already a, a somewhat pathological from a clinical standpoint. But after he ended the relationship and then he said that he had decided we should go back together and I said, no, thank you. That's when it turned from stalking to harassment. And as time went on, and I had to cut communications with him because I became, I started fearing for my life. That's when it became pretty much what I can describe as cyber torture, continuously, continuously, yeah. continuously infecting my devices with malware and or intercepting my video diary recordings. Because of course he doesn't want me to get this out. And you'll see in right. my videos numerous instances where he just shuts me up. He just cuts my video off and I can't continue recording. I know you said you're going backwards, but okay, so now you're at, at a point where now the breakup's happening. But when did you first, what did you do first? Did you call the police? When did you report it? When, what made you say, I need to report this? I think around January or February. Of this year? Yes. Okay. His behavior started to change drastically last February when I got a promotion at one of the schools that I was working to work as an interventionist. Mm. Uh, students in the uh, exceptional student education program preparing mm. them for standardized testing. And that bothered him, which I thought was odd. Right. Because I had never seen any behavior like that from him before. At least not overtly. And then he broke up with me in July. And then finally right. he left the home in December. Because I said, look, we cannot be right. Sorry, this is weird. Because all my loved ones were like, he's already gone from your home. Stop dwelling on it. You know, forget about him. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it, I'm not dwelling on it. He's driving me nuts. He's getting worse. And some people even were like, you know, you gotta have a vivid imagination, which I do. Granted, I am a creative type, but that does not mean I am not grounded in reality because I'm also a clinician. So I'm both right. a right brainer and a left brainer. All right. And <laughs> I had a terrible Thanksgiving, a, a, a very lonely Christmas, very lonely New Year's. 
heck, even to the point where it's extended and, and overlapped to this year where I spend my birthday alone. And, and I usually spend it with friends and loved ones. And I've been completely isolated because people have started getting away from me because they, in their mind, they're like, she, she's lost her, excuse my French, her, right. her shit, which is not the case because, again, they can't see what's going on and what I live on a day-to-day -day basis. Right, so they think you're being paranoid because they yes. cannot grasp the idea that this actually is happening. Yes, and, and, and that's when I started recording. Right. I said, I need to start recording. So it started with me taking screenshots and recording these incidents. And then as the conflict with my mother started escalating, because she's like, you're starting to drive me crazy with this. I'm sick of hearing about it. You know, you need to go see... You need to seek help for this. And I just was frustrated because I'm telling her, listen, I'm explaining to you what's happening. I know you don't understand it, which she doesn't, but at least listen to me, hear me out, work with me on finding solutions. And she was just not having it. So I said, you know what? That's it. I've had it with the gaslighting, the minimizing, the undermining, the, the yeah. invalidation. The, which is deeply hurtful, especially coming from close loved ones, right. which has tarnished my relationships with them, possibly permanently. Right. That I said, forget about what everybody's saying. I'm going to teach myself basic IT, and I'm going to prove to my family, right. to law enforcement, because I was reading up on it and doing my research as well, and you do need proof. You just can't go around making crazy allegations, you know, because that's hearsay exactly. and getting people in trouble. And you do need proof, especially to get a protective order, which I just I've still to get because it's been, you know, an ordeal that where I feel like I've been fighting for my sanity and fighting for my life and pretty much fighting to breathe, which is a common phrase that I say to people who ask right. me what I'm doing. Exactly. It's because, again, like I stated, again now for the third time at the beginning of the video since he's not actually writing you messages and sending right. you those actual like um cyber stalking messages that um they known to be is because they haven't thought outside the box that cyber stalking can actually be like you said harassment torture to the point where it's invisible it's purely so, in the form of dos disruption exactly. of services interrupt what i'm doing uh throw some malware so i'll waste time and i'll waste it time is so precious right but with this so, situation i'm constantly wasting time i'm always running late i'm getting to places late because i'm always troubleshooting my right. devices until i finally my eyes were opened one day and i was like holy crap this is what's going on when he texted me before i cut off communication like one of the resource websites that i was uh consulting advice to do because this turns into a dangerous situation now it it's not just cyber harassment but it's also my intimate partner so it is part of domestic abuse and we all know how that ends once the victim tries to set themselves free statistically mm -hmm. speaking and the numbers don't lie uh that's when i was like all right i'm gonna teach myself and i'm gonna create proof because when he would text me he was super nice guy how are you doing what can i do for you so right. in text to cover his you know his his steps 
and the torture he was subjecting me to, he was super nice guy, which is why it's hard for some of my friends to believe as well, because they're like, he was such a nice guy, and I believe you met him. Did, did you ever meet him? Yes, you did. I, personally, I know him. Unfortunately, yeah. I, yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I, I personally know him. How and does he I, uh, to me, he was very quiet, very like just to himself, very like, como que, uh, how do you say it in English? Everything bothered him. I felt like he was always just like preserved, um, not, he was just not a, to me, he wasn't really friendly. He was just like, oh, okay, you know, but I can't say he was a nice guy. And I always felt that way even before I found out what was happening. So to me, it just comes as a surprise, but it doesn't come as a surprise. Because I was like, really? Like, you know, but that's just my perspective at one point. So, but yeah, he was always just too serious to me. So to me, you know, I can't say he was a nice guy because I can't, you know. To our, our mutual friends. Right. He was the nice really, guy. My, some of my friends that have, that have been supportive, they tell me it's so hard to believe he was such a nice guy with them. He was very personable and, and you know, very, very friendly and when we would have gatherings at our place which were you know pretty frequent we would have karaoke nights for right, right. his friends and it was uh his group of friends were coming together with my group of friends and we would have a great time and everything yeah, like a normal relationship yeah right. taking turns singing karaoke which everybody loved to come over to our place and do karaoke night and, and i would enjoy hosting and seeing my friends have a good time you attended a couple of those And to our, our friends that were, you know, closest to us, that were my from my side, they were like, this, this is really hard to believe, Jody. Like, I can understand how people are not believing you because he was such a nice guy. But so was right, Ted Bundy. Right, that's the narrative, right? Such a nice <laughs> guy, such a this person. And it's like, right, but that's what they want you to believe. Now, backtrack to what we were stating about the evidence, since he's doing the DOS thing, will they consider untraceable. that evidence? Untraceable. Right. It's virtually untraceable. Ex right, exactly. So how deep dive do they have to go into finding this in your, in your systems? Well, you here's know? another term to be familiar with, and that is a VPN. Uh, right, the virtual, virtual uh, private network. And network, a virtual yeah. private network is... It's, it's, it comes in the form of either an application you can download to your yeah. phone or your computer. And it's a browser that you can use to navigate the web and not leave footprints. Right. Right. Most people are using it now because they most of them work from home, you know, so they, they most, most of us listening. Information, right. Absolutely. Exactly. That too. A good so, so he's probably using one of those. He, no, for sure. I knew he was using one of those because they, once I caught on, I started, you know, using some of the tactics he was using on me, like reverse mm -hmm. psychology on him. So to gather evidence, I was like, hey, you know what? I need a VPN to, you know, to, to browse the, the web safely and not get cookies mm -hmm. and, you know, all that good stuff. Nice. And what do you recommend? What do you recommend? And he just gave me which VPNs right. he used. He gave me a whole list. So I originally started using Opera and Opera crashed on me because it sent me an alert that it was detecting unusually high volumes of traffic from my end. So I was like, whoa, 
hold on, that, what's going that on? That some, somebody else was in there with you, huh? Right. Or using it when I wasn't using it or, or God knows what. Right. So I know for a fact he uses VPNs. And a VPN will throw your signal or will channel yeah. your traffic or your activity to right, another, to another part of the world and then bring it back right. to the U.S. And it does that through a third party instead of point A to point B. It's from point A to point B and from point B to point C. Just to let you know, we're hitting 48 minutes on the talk. So um, if you want to make another other points, you can, because I yes. do have uh, statistics I want to share with everybody that is listening about um, cyber stalking, you know, and all of that. So, um, so let me just finish off on at mm -hmm. present time. And, yeah. and again, we could go on for hours. This yeah, is, I know. This could be turned into a series that will have an entire season. Let me tell you. Uh, and like I said, I have videos that I have in a hidden playlist that's inaccessible on YouTube until I'm ready to, you know, get approval one by one, do video editing and start releasing them so people could see my entire journey because I documented the whole thing. So I could have proof. But mainly I was doing it to have a therapeutic outlet because I had no one to talk to. Yeah. And I Can't needed to talk. Yeah, I'm a talker. I lecture, I'm a professor, I'm a teacher. I talk for a living. And so, you know, being in complete isolation and silence is something I was not used to. And so I, I don't like sitting down a journal because writing, although I'm good at it, it's not my forte. I struggle mm. with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. And so, although I enjoy it and I, and, and you know, I do it well, it, it takes too much energy from me. So I said, mm. let me do video blogs. And that's how it started unfolding. And like I said in my intro, it started taking on a life of itself. And it started mm -hmm. doing practically its own thing. And then I redirected it in different directions, one of them being to help victims mm -hmm. access resources. But to not draw this out too long, and again, if we could do another one perhaps later on and, you know, mm -hmm. maybe take down some notes so that we can stay more on task because again there's so many facets to this yeah, thing, yeah. right i i reached out to once i gathered my evidence which i spent an entire month not only learning and educating myself and going on websites and watching youtube tutorials on you know how to find hidden tunnels and hidden networks on your computer and i even learned a little bit of dos and how to pull the cmd mm. panel up on my computer and access the back end of my computer which was very impressive to me mm. i'm very proud of um i'm not you know i don't have expertise in no way but i was able to learn a little bit and enough to identify a back door that had been created once i identified the back door I enlisted the help of an IT specialist that my mom knew that, you know, would give us the favor gratuitously because I've been brought to financial ruin. I haven't had income in months. Mm -hmm. I've been getting by by the grace of God and my mother having assumed the role of primary breadwinner in this home, which, yeah. you know, is worrying me because I've been completely incapacitated. That's how bad and serious of a toll this has taken on my mental health and in recent times physical health to the point that i'm bedridden 
So once I compiled my evidence, once I got one report, you always want a second opinion too, you know, even though he's a legitimate individual and very knowledgeable, but the police is probably going to ask you for, oh, it's just one guy. Let's see what other right. people are saying. And if you don't have that, I wanted to make sure that I crossed all my T's and dotted all my I's before I came forth and presented my evidence to expedite the investigation as quickly as possible because I can't sit around and wait for a year-long investigation. Who knows what can happen to me? And right. if he doesn't kill me, I'll have a heart attack because this is enough to send anybody into cardiac arrest or trigger a, a mental health breakdown. And I cannot afford that. Even though I am incapacitated and can't even work and am dependent on him because he's still paying some of the bills, which is part of domestic abuse, financial control, right. term, to look up and, and gain greater understanding of and raise awareness about And I'm dependent on my mom and I'm like this helpless per I'm not helpless, but I feel like every business idea that I have, every project online that I depend on technology for, I tried opening a holistic set healing center in my home that flopped. My website got breached. My outlook is getting breached. I, I tried to do an Instagram to, um, beautify women and sell dresses for women to women and make them look beautiful and it was part of the mental health holistic healing uh umbrella that i was trying to get going here in my home and turn this into a business so i didn't have to rent an office and incur the cost of overhead and, and create income for myself so that i could take the burden off my mother and then provide for her so that i can start taking over right. again. i've always been very independent as you've known me to be All right. Even when I lived alone and providing for myself, this is a fluke. I've never experienced yeah. this, which just attests to the severity of yeah. the abuse, whether it's detectable, invisible, or how it became in the last year, a little bit more obvious. And so I've filed numerous reports with law enforcement. I submitted, I understand the need is great. I'm not passing the police department, although I did have, you know, some frustrations with a few officers who weren't being very empathetic or responsive, but that does not mean that all, you know, officers are right. as unresponsive. There are some officers that have been very warm, very caring. Uh, I, I, there was one that personally assisted me when I tried going to a domestic violence shelter and they turned me away without even putting me on their list. I had requested access to a crisis counselor. They denied me that and say that the crisis counselor was only for the residents, which did not make sense because if, if a person, whether they're applying or not, comes in from the streets to a domestic abuse shelter claiming domestic abuse and clearly right. visibly frazzled you're not going to limit or restrict access exactly. to a, a, a counselor. And I was provided with no resources. So that was one of the first frustrations. Then uh, I had to file another report. And then I started noticing things around the house misplaced. I was still communicating with him at that time. He started decompensating to his admission because I was not going back to him. That started getting me nervous. There were certain phrases and things that he said that were that started to get me nervous that I were, were already teetering on the violent uh, obsession spectrum, which usually crosses over from obsession to compulsion. 
Right. Obsession is the thought, compulsion is the act. So the I act. said, you know what? Mm -hmm. This is getting serious. So I kept filing reports, submitted my evidence in a way that he could not detect how I did it, filed my second report in a way that he could not detect how I did it, like like a ninja pretty much. Okay, this has All been right. I have tried to leave a couple of times to get out of the toxic situation that he's generated and left behind here in my home, in my relationship with my mom, which has deteriorated. Again, because she doesn't understand the extent or the scope of this <clears throat> uh, and the seriousness of this issue. And I, I leave, you know, I, I, I spend an immense amount of my funds from my savings on going to an Airbnb to clear my mind. I did come back, start going uh, again in retrograde, like uh, Mercury in retrograde. I went to my mentor's house for a few days. I was doing great. Again, I was continuing to do my video diaries and report how wonderful I was feeling. Come back home. Again, I go backwards. So it's 10 steps forward, five steps back. Every time I leave somewhere to clear my mind, I start immediately recovering and bouncing back. But because of the limitation in funds and in the generosity of those that do extend, you know, their homes to me, and at this point, I can't pay for an Airbnb. That's out of the question. Right. I have to return home. And every time I return home, I start going downhill again. To the point that because I wasn't getting any response or the response as quick as I would have liked from law enforcement, and I know the need is great with fight, uh, victims. Right. And we already had three wives that were killed in Hialeah or you know fatally wounded and I believe one child was either killed or fatally wounded in the domestic situation I started getting more and more uneasy and my anxiety started graduating to panic attacks right. and that's when I finally started to 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 try to come up with us since I couldn't find any other solution or support I said I have to start going public with this and that's when you saw that video I released finally on my social media that prompted you and my mentor to reach out to me. She offering me her home to stay out for a few days while I clear mm -hmm. my mind and restabilize, and you providing with providing me with crisis counseling, which has saved my life, both of you, in that regard. And then a friend that when I was in North Carolina went out there to physically be with me while I was starting to go into panic attacks. Uh, over there as well when one shelter also turned me away just so everybody could be clear um you did not reach out initially to anybody this is why it's been going on for a year exactly. and a half and i've been suffering in silence other than the select few in my yeah. close inner circle that i was you know trying to explain what was yeah. going on in hopes they could help me because at one point i couldn't even think straight and problem solve or exercise executive yeah. decision making for myself and I've been suffering in silence. And but, at this point, it's full throttle, baby. I have to yeah. save myself before I lose my property and my mom loses her mind and, and I lose myself. I That's why when I saw the video, I was like, wait, what? Like, I know it's scary. I know that it's scary to reach out to people and let people know, hey, this is what's going on. I know it can feel like a burden to have- To reach out, out for help. help. Right. I, and I know that. People I make you feel like a burden, 
it discourages you from continuing exactly. to reach out for help. Mm -hmm. So you get conditioned to not reach out. Right. For Which, what were your impressions? What did you think when you see that video? Because I'm curious to know what ran through people's minds when I blasted that. Well, personally, I, as you already know, I was like, okay, first I thought you lost your mind because I mean, I know you. So to me, it was like out of characters to sort to say, like it was an, an unheard of for you to are you talking the, about like, the very first video i released that was very professional or are you talking about the ones where i'm losing my marbles recently that i'm just like no no i'm talking about the, the very first video of what, even if like, even if it was professional i'm just talking about the, the things you were saying the things that you were mm, saying that's what okay. i'm referring to not your behavior really not how you look just what you were saying and to me i i obviously prompted to reach out to you because obviously i know you and i care for you so so to me i was like okay and this then i re i told you a couple of uh, months uh weeks later to let's do this uh, episode because if the law enforcement i know like you said blah, blah blah they're they're doing their own thing but we need to advocate for ourselves and we need to advocate for other people and i said you're not going to be a statistics i refuse that's so pretty much what i'm doing i'm self-advocating it I'm self-advocating and I'm doing it in my own unique way. I'm right. trying not to be so somber, although sometimes it is necessary to look at the ugly side of this. Yeah. And I might release a video or two that's not eh, viewer friendly, but I'm trying to keep it light. You know right. what I'm saying? For my viewers, while at the same time sounding the alarm, while at the same time advocating, self-advocating, and while at the same time raising awareness to advocate for other victims that I'm sure have been going through their own hellish ordeals and have been embarrassed or ashamed because we sometimes get shamed as victims. To Shame is the biggest thing on any situation. It Shame. was for me to some extent. I was embarrassed that as a professional that has reached you know, the summit of success in my estimation, according to my definition of success has been brought to a few dollars in the bank right. because he has done everything possible to, I'm not going to go into detail, ruin me financially and, and ruin my business. And it was very embarrassing to me to come out. It took a lot of courage to do this. And I'm partially keeping it light and being comedic to you know keep the attention on other aspects of it not the the ugly and embarrassing yeah. aspect of my situation i understand but this is why i think like i told you plenty of times i think you did amazing you're doing great Thank of you. sharing your story because unfortunately sally you're not alone i share my own story on cyber stalking and with you personally um yeah. but it's scary it's a scary thing it's a scary situation Terrifying. and i'm just happy huh it's nerve-wracking it's not just yes, terrifying. Right. it's nerve-wracking and mind numbing when yes. it reaches the point where the person mm -hmm. will not stop and you feel like you have this this incubus stuck on yeah. you that you can't rip off of you and you can't live your life because the person is always there right. present yeah. and infected in your life that it's just ugh, i can't explain how disgusting uh, and and it yeah. just irk, it irks me to know that he's not here physically, but, but he's, he's always there. Yeah, like watching, listening, interfering, 
Mm -hmm. it's I can't explain to you I could just my best to put it that feeling I know way too well and to those listening I am I I feel it in my heart I'm sorry you're going through all of that because that is an awful it's just disgusting like you can't even it's like they're being your own skin is being invaded like you don't even feel like it's your own and you're living a different reality like holy hell you know your whole life has stopped Yes, right. You're, everything has come to a halt, but it's you feel because, violated. You feel. I don't want to use the R word. Yeah, but you feel like your like, life. Yeah. You're being forced to do things against your will, which is deal with a person that you don't want them to be in your life. And just to say that the only reason all of this is happening is because you refuse to get back with him. Yes. And because we own this home, there's a joint asset involved, right. which he was upset about that I stayed living here. Right. But he had a place to go. He has a family home right. that he shares with his brothers. It's just my mom and, and myself. I, we don't have yeah. family in this country, which you know I talk about in one of the videos that I don't think I've released yet. I have no support. He has the support of his brothers. He has a tribe. And I've always told him that you will never be able to understand my perspective in life because you have your brothers. You're a band of brothers. One of you stays without employment. The two, the two other are going to always pull through and you have your mother. It's just my mother and me, you know, when it comes to my maternal side, I'm, I'm completely responsible for her and she's, responsible she feels responsible for me and it's just us where was i gonna go so i agreed with him and he agreed and i recorded it so we didn't put it in writing but i did record it on audio to make sure i had proof that he agreed that i could stay here with my mother because my mom was going downhill psychologically without going into detail on that she was completely destabilized he knew what he did which i brought to his attention and then after he agreed to it got pissed off because he had to drive an hour to work and I didn't. Right. So, so to those who reason, two reasons why he's upset. One cuz I won't go back with him. Two, hey, you're not going to go back with me, then get out of the house is the feeling right. that I get. And if you're not, I'm going to make your life a living hell until you leave. And he's got he's getting what he's wanting cuz my right. mom's saying I'll I'll, see, I'll make sure that she stays so she can use this place, you know, as a source of income. But um he pushed me out. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I'm reading. So now to the present day, you're advocating for yourself. We're doing the podcast. We're trying to get help in any way possible. We're trying to, for me, the law, I mean, this is going to get into that aspect, but the law needs to change where um, the, the DOS needs to be um, used. It needs to be um Obviously, it takes more than just, okay, let me go check it out. I know it's a deep dive into it to make sure that they know that, okay, this is what's happening and and look for the evidence. I get that. You have to provide evidence, but we can teach victims how to collect evidence. That too, yes. And compile it into a file. I have evidence in different repositories. I have like four external jump drives. I've been sending it to those closest to me that have been supporting me through a cloud system that I share. I have found ways to make sure he didn't erase my evidence either and that I shared it and linked it with others for my own safety. 
and and that is the thing it just takes more than just oh this is what you need to do but if, if the i don't know what term you would like to use the survivor the victim the 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 the, the i guess you know survivor the, the is the term that i identify with target target and survivor the, i'm being victimized but right I've been victimized all my life, as many of us have, because that's the nature of the world we live in, especially in a metropolitan city, right. and even in small towns. We some so, of us are just open about it, some of us aren't. Uh, but I, I don't want to identify this at this stage in my life as a victim. I want to right. call myself a target, and I call myself a survivor, and I will call myself a victor by the time I'm done with this. And that's what we're hoping for. This is why we are doing this. And as a survivor, we need to do more than just, okay, let me go report it, but you're not doing anything about it. How can I save myself and nobody else can save me, right? Exactly. Because it's just, exactly. right, it's more than just the mental health aspect and the physical aspect. Correct. And obviously, everybody that's listening, we know that every, every story is different. Every situation is different. We're not just like one uh solution fix all we know that everybody needs to go through their own thing and and eventually get to the other end with their lives mental and physical you know mm -hmm. so this is why we're here everybody's um, unique but there are basic uh guidelines yeah. and rules of law that mm -hmm. can be followed and i will also along with you because you're also promoting you've been promoting awareness in this arena for a while i will be also on my end providing resources like everything that has helped me i'm going to pass it on that's what we're hoping and for if i can record videos to teach others and, and victims and like i said this is taking on a life of its own never did i set out to do this i wanted to open a holistic healing center and do life coaching from the comfort of my own home and now this has become a like a mission for me that it's called me Mm -hmm. I haven't thought it out. It's called me. And I will be sure to pass on those uh, resources as well and provide tutorials. Well, it's getting to that point in the show where we're going to be sharing some statistics because obviously Do we it. need those. We need those. We covered so... enough to give a basic idea. You know, one, one thing that I think is important to that we could possibly address in the future is all of the barriers that I've encountered that people are unaware of that victims meet <clears throat> when they are trying to be proactive. And one of those was trying to access my retirement account, which to this day has been denied to me. And I would have a, a very nice amount of funds in my bank account had I been given, and I've been trying to get a hold of those funds for the past month access to my own retirement funds and allowed me to borrow against my own funds and my own retirement account and had access to that to save myself that's a conversation for another day but barriers to to resources because yeah. the resources are out there but i've had to go through this as a mental health professional myself to yeah. see and witness it's not just about giving a client the resources there are numerous barriers that they are yeah. facing and why they don't wind up getting the help they need. And if I had to go through this to identify those barriers and suffer myself, then so be it. Then it was worth every ounce of it. 
Bye. That is that is yeah that is a good point. The barriers are a very huge, obviously an obstacle for getting better, for thriving, for getting to the other end. So. So what's the statistics um, you have for us? Yeah, let's let's share the statistics we that we have. Um, according to the Women's and Children's Alliance, 60% of ident women identifying are cyber stalked, and 40 are 40% uh, are men. 8% of stalking victims report being monitored through their cameras or listening through their cameras which i personally that freaks me the hell out all the time um 10 of stalking victims report being monitored through the gps which that is high will you be able to post this somewhere so i could see it visually because i'm a visual yes Okay, well, yes. I wanna, for everybody I wanna um, that, that wants this. Yeah, no, we always post all the visuals for everybody because we, we like for accessibility is important to our show. So yeah. everybody, you know, the visual learners and all that. So according to the UCI Care, almost 1.5 million people in the United States alone suffer from cyber stalking at least once every single year. One in 12 American female identifying persons will suffer from at least one cyber stalking incident in their lifetime. The average incident of cyber stalking will last for two years and the average almost doubles if it involves people who are in an intimate relationship. Hmm. So it will double if you are in an intimate relationship. Wow. Why do you think that is? possessiveness uh, jealousy yeah i believe because they think that they already quote unquote had you owned you was with you they think they have uh the uh the what is it called the the rights to you in any shape way wow. or form so they think that they they need to have you i feel that's uh, not also another conversation for another day that's a good oh yeah right definitely there. and um so yeah my last one is uh nearly 75 of victims know their stalker 75? 70, 75. I thought it was higher, but 75 according to the C, uh, UCI care. Mm -hmm. I, That's still pretty high. No, no, it's horrendously high to me. That I don't want to see that number, any number for that matter. Absolutely. But but that's what I have so far on the statistics. I feel like um, it makes sense that one in 12 people in an intimate relationship, and again, you made a great point when you and I were talking privately that it also deals with the other person's mental health, what they went through. Right, right. That will cause them to behave a certain way because yes. people with a good, healthy mental state will accept the fact that you didn't want to get back with them and be like, okay, no problem. I understand. Let's sell the house together. You take your half and we'll move on. Right, right. Clearly. Which, which happens, yes. I, I've had relationships end in the past that didn't, you know, come to fruition in the long term. And we remain friends for, for I'm still friends with, right. them, with them for 20 years. And hey, it, the the person was what was important. The value that they brought, right. that we mm -hmm. brought to each other's lives. And we ended amicably and we became very good friends. And like you said, if a person hasn't addressed Mm -hmm. any of their shadow work as i call it shadow work inner childhood yeah. demon mm -hmm. work whatever floats your boat then that can start turning into a yeah. complicated it manifests in in a multitude of, of different elements and and, and yes 
yeah and issues that they need to address so we can safely say that i'm sure he hasn't addressed his own demons his own things that has caused him to act like you you're his property that you you need to suffer right along with whatever's going on and that's just me speaking personally because i know i know her i know i know jody but i know that not every situation is the same it has happened to me where i i haven't even known the person and they were just like cyber stalking like they and i'm gonna do another episode because um parasocial also plays a part into some other cyber stalking so there's just a a lot of links to this you know what mm. i'm saying so um do you jody uh have any resources you want to share with us because i have a couple but i don't want to i want to make sure that if you you have uh something you want to share with us or well actually one of the resources because i didn't you know come prepared with any notes or anything it's okay uh one of the resources that i found invaluable was that website that you sent me mm. the ic3 website which i took a screenshot of to post it on my social media yeah to pass mm -hmm. it on and share it with others um and pay it forward but when I went on the website, which I just thought was going to be a link to do a report, an official report at the higher echelons uh -huh. of law enforcement, finally, I saw that it had a ton of resources for victims. And I said, oh, let me screenshot this so I won't forget. And I could post this also and share with uh, my friends on my on my social yeah. media, Facebook and, and Instagram. So what was the link to that if... Yeah, yeah, that one is, um, I'll post, uh, yeah, it's uh, the www.ic3.gov is the Internet Crime Complaint Center. And That's you can report for others is what I saw too. Yes, you are able to report for others. You are able to um, file a complaint. That's awesome. You're a, yeah, and you, th this has so many. I will post it up for everybody to obviously get the resources on that. And one thing I want to share before we continue on the resources I do have for everybody, you're not alone. Reaching out was the smartest and potentially life-saving thing a person can do for themselves. Yes, shame, all of those um, things can play in your own mind, but safety and it should be the top priority in someone's... That's I know that... Point. Thank you for I know someone is, yeah, and I know that they're going through so much, and their head is cloudy, and that they feel like they're hopeless, helpless, and like they're drowning. But like I told you before, you do have friends. You just right now you're just cloudy because of what you're going through. Just oh, reach yeah. out. Yeah, and and the ones that will help you or want to help you in any capacity they can will be there for you the ones that are like oh my bubble and fearless fam you know i always mentioning this this bubble that we all carry mm -hmm. every single episode i've mentioned it you need to burst more bubbles to be oh I, this, I is hope life. I this is life it's the reality right and this is why no filters no fears is about and i get it you live in your own bubble and it feels safe and you don't want to pop it but at one point someone's gonna pop it for you and then what are you gonna do or the people that don't want to because sometimes i felt like people were reacting to me like i was inconveniencing them right mm -hmm. even though they had no problem inconveniencing me for years and years when they needed support or they needed one thing or the other but that's fun you know that's that's something right. that's unique 
to only a few people not everyone's like that as i've come to see um they when they themselves become the victim or someone close to them then the bubble is burst for you as long as you're not and you're in the safe confines of that bubble it's easy to turn and look the other way right. but until you yourself experience it that's when the bubble is like oh this is a hostile environment this mm -hmm. is not all of this world is not all about unicorns and rainbows it's a scary place right like i always say just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's not happening just because you've never experienced it doesn't mean it doesn't happen and everybody that's seen the show and know about it they know that i always make sure to to point that out that you are that these are not your situation unfortunately is not an isolated incident is happening right now to multiple people out of and a lot of people stay quiet i'm sure because they don't want to be embarrassed and you know they don't want sometimes your your own family is like you know stop because i had an incident where someone called my mother and told her listen you see what she's doing on social media and i got scolded and i was right. like listen you don't understand what's going on and i have to do what i have to do for your safety and my safety which she still didn't understand right. and i still got scolded but it upset me that instead of someone being like oh my god are they okay is is dharma and her mother jody and her mother okay no they called her to be like are you seeing what a fool she's making of or god knows what they said i don't even know what they said right. but the point is that they did not say the right thing when i received the scolding rather than concern and 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 that's where I point out that those type of people, if you don't understand a situation, ask. But right now, they're being part of the problem. Yes. Yes. Which they're I not, mentioned in the video I released last night. Right. They're not, if you're not out there to help someone and, you're, and you think that your opinion is, is doing anything, no, you're just harming the situation, the person, and everything even further. So, yeah. like the yes. good saying, if you have you're nothing good to say. Right. If you don't have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. Because if you're not out there seeking to help the person, keep your opinions to yourself. That's how your I judgments. feel. People judge. People are like, look, she's making a fool out of herself. Look at how she's, you know, acting. I stated explicitly, I don't know what to do anymore. Right. And I am doing what I am doing because I am fearing for my safety and that of my mother's. And being a performer, as you've known me to be, because you were very involved, you were actually a member and part of the band. You know, right. we were a band, even though you did the promoting and the managing aspect of it, but you were a part, very much a part of the band. I am a performer. And people mm -hmm. who, who know me, you know, in a, in a more intimate capacity, know I am a performer. And I am using my talents and skills to draw attention since nothing else And if somebody thinks that that's making a fool out of myself, I'd rather make a fool out of myself than wake up dead tomorrow or lose my mom. Exactly. And this is why I thought this uh, doing the episode was a good idea. And just to those that are listening, um, I'm sure, right, you did a follow-up on your um, reports that you um, did to the police and to the cybercrime yes. unit. Yes. So, yeah, there has been... Um, and I personally will share this that I also... Um, reached out to them for a follow-up on her behalf. Oh, on, my on... gosh. Yeah. For me? For me? Yeah. 
think oh that's right that's right that's right that's right yes yes is that yeah. my memory is so impaired yeah. that i have difficulty remembering trust me i understand yeah. well we all understand that stress high stress can cause your 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 mind to and sleep deprivation i haven't slept sleep, in over oh. a year girl with this situation right so yeah. those two can cause your brain to um literally not function properly so um it's getting again it's getting late into the show All but right. let me share Great let so me fun. share the resources uh this is only in the u.s unfortunately i was not able to find as you know the world is is going to shambles right now as, as per usual when isn't it so mm -hmm. this is only for the u.s okay so i will be posting this shot screenshots of this resources on No Filters No Fears um, Facebook and Instagram, and I will send them to you as well, so you can have them in your own, um, in your own, you know, well, whatever you can. I guess your email, whatever <laughs> devices you have. So the first one is the Victim Connect at National Centers for Victims of Crime, and uh, the number is eight five five four eight four two eight four six. To those that are listening. Um, it will be on the description so you can see all this information. Uh, confidential referrals for victims of crime, including stalking, Cyber Civil Rights Initiative Helpline. So it is 844-878-2274. These are for the victims on non-consensual distribution of intimate images like revenge porn or... Um, other sextortions. This is important because it also deals with, you know, the aspect of cyber harassment and cyber stalking. Absolutely. And such. Yes. Um, the next one will be the National Domestic Violence Hotline, with it, which is 1-800-799-7233, which uh, the, it contacts you to the hotline, can expect highly trained expert advocates to offer free confidential and compassionate support, crisis intervention information, educations, and referral services in over 200 languages, which mm. is beautiful. Wonderful. Everybody will have access to, to it in their own way. Um, so I, I'm gonna continue with how to report the crime. I know we, we went over it briefly, but how to report the cyber crime. So first, go to wherever your local enforcement is you know any local police department and state what's happening first that is this is what it's stated to do mm -hmm. step one right right you first have to. Now you don't need any evidence at that point you just want right. to start creating a paper trail exactly portrait right um, then they're they're suggesting to go to, for example, for you will be the Florida Department of the Law Enforcement Computer Crime Center, and review the common complaints and follow the instructions from there. Please know wherever state you are in, you are able to look for your own law enforcement crime center and go from there, whichever, however that may look like in your state. Um, and then at the final step, which like Jody mentioned before, will take, we don't know how long, but it will take a while um, to file the complaint with the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center. Mm -hmm. Please note that, yes, you file the complaint today, 
but if unfortunately and this is a sad reality if you are not top priority you will be just sitting on a pile and i am not saying this to discourage anybody this is the reality hence why jody went to this uh way of advocating for herself Right. Okay. Well, I, this you is, know, I, I don't know whether I'm sitting on a pile or not, but I'm definitely not going to be winding up laying in a body bag. Right. Exactly. That too. But I, I am just saying because the reality is, is sad. It is a sad reality of these are not isolated incidents. There are piles and piles of people uh, needing help. And, and we feel, if I may add, yeah, you feel a sense of worthlessness when you are screaming out to the world including law enforcement and again i know the need is great but we need to sit down and problem solve we we need to do better so people won't fall through the cracks so so victims won't fall through the crack and and where when people are not believing you or even law enforcement is not taking you serious or you know nobody has followed up with you at the very least or create some kind of adjunct uh crisis counseling uh law enforcement unit not just the officers because remember the officers aren't mental health professionals you either need to request a crisis unit to come out and sometimes they're not available they are out there but they're not available maybe we can get more funding for that not just reporting to to, right. to the officers but a crisis yeah i agree with you i agree with you everything has to be redefined and and um yeah, yeah that's what i've discovered you're very right about that Chubes. it needs to be redefined laws need to be revisited some new ones need to be created barriers need to be addressed there's so much to do you know in terms of human rights and the protection and advocacy of victims yeah. but if we can get the common person because everybody all the professionals are already overwhelmed especially after covid mm -hmm. but right. the common person we need more volunteers or we need more positions that are not you know the police officers but within those departments to handle calls and and reach out to the victims and create this an even bigger network with fresh people that aren't burned out because i know a lot of healthcare professional mental health professionals frontliners which i wanted to work with when i set out to you know establish my holistic healing center that never came to fruition everybody's burned out so that's mm -hmm. also a factor that's coming into play here people have not gotten a break since the onset of the pandemic yeah. and we need fresh people young people specifically which in my experience seem to be much more passionate about i mean that that also is another conversation for its own but i agree with you um i just feel like anybody whoever's listening to this podcast if you have resources if you are yourself a person who are able to help someone um reach out to us just send me a dm um just just give us the information you have because we're needing yes. as much information and help as as possible for everybody to have the resources yes you know and spread awareness um, at the very least share exactly. maybe you don't want to get directly involved repost hey just that's repost. doing something 
and share with like, somebody who maybe is quietly out there, you know, not knowing what to do, but you repost something exactly. and hey, now they can save that information and, and be proactive and take action if they're able to. And, and this is why we always say also on the show, it is okay not to want to get involved, but if you are able to share, like you mentioned, and just share it to someone, or if you know someone that could use the resource, by all means, share it. At least you did something. But just know that you cannot be complaining because you're part of the problem because you didn't want to get involved. Which, again, you don't have to, but that's where the problem starts, where you're like, start complaining, oh, but this is not getting fixed. Oh, but you had the chance to. We have to be the change. The change. Gandhi. We have yeah. to be the change, not just sit and complain about it or Thank give armchair advice. We have to be the change we wish to oh, see in our world or otherwise continue to simmer in the cesspool of conflict and toxicity that our yeah, world it's just, has become. It's just going to be a circle. So, uh, like we do on the show, we have a final thought. And I would like to know well, what final thought you have to share with the audience in any shape, way, or form, whatever you want to say. Well, one of my key phrases has become abuse, whether it's cyber stalking, whether it's psychological, whether it's domestic abuse, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's a partner, whether it's friends, whatever the case it may be. Abuse in any form is not okay. And hurt people hurt people. I understand that. And oftentimes when the when the person that's hurting somebody else is not malicious, because we've all been there. We've all had our own, you know, issues to deal with. I've had to do extensive inner work. I apologize to anyone that indirectly, because I never hurt people. I make sure I don't hurt people on purpose. Indirectly or inadvertently, I've hurt or been toxic to in any way. Feel free to reach out to me and, and open up about it. And, and I, I, I'm open to those things, to have dialogue and giving me an opportunity to apologize. If I haven't, I don't even know it because sometimes miscommunications occur. But when, we, uh, you know, talking clears the air. Talking clears the air when two people have a misunderstanding going. So nobody's perfect is my point. When you're malicious, that's something else. I don't know what to tell you in that case. That borders right. narcissism and sociopathic and psychopathic behavior. But when you're the average person, we all have inner work to do. And we're going to hurt each other. But making an effort to do our internal healing and work on ourselves and make at least the effort to become the best possible version of ourselves that we can be. In just doing that, it's going to spill over to our relationships, our families, our communities, and in the long run, globally, if everyone does their part. And that is what we're hoping for. Yes. My my final thought is, I understand shame can play a huge role in your mental health, because that's all you think about when you're in this situation, that you're like, oh my God. I cannot believe I put myself into into in this situation, which it's understandable. You thought you could never be that person, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because you always hear about it. You always see it. And sometimes, you know, it is tough to see yourself in those shoes now. And you're like, damn, man, how did I get here? Just knowing it's not your fault. It's never your fault. 
I know it's easier said than done. I could say it 10,000 times, but if the person doesn't want to believe it, there's nothing I could do. And we're, and we're all human. Exactly. That is the bottom line. We are all human. We are going to make mistakes. We are going to feel like it was our own fault for whatever reason, anything, that whatever the situation was. But um, just know that you're not alone. Reaching out is okay. The right people will be there for you. Yes, yes. And once I opened my mouth and spoke my truth, because the right people were not aware of what I was going through because of the shame, because of, you know, don't rock the boat, uh, don't air the dirty laundry of the family, whatever the things I heard were, or just the invali invalidation that I was receiving. Right they you guys weren't aware so that's why another one of my you know running hashtags is speak your truth which is part of a domestic abuse organization and that will link you to that website which also provides resources but it's more than just a hashtag and it's more than just right. an organization it's a bold statement stand right. up for yourselves don't let anybody silence you or make you believe mm -hmm. that your voice or your thoughts or your opinions don't matter. If something hurts you, say it. If you see something, say it. See something, say something. Let's take care of each other. Let's look out for one another. Because if we don't, then at one point or another, you may be you the person who needs someone and you won't have anybody there around because you chose not to ever you know, try to help others and, and just if you remember, want to again okay but just share resources right pay it forward in some small way that goes along and, it, and again you're the one living your life So it, this is much real to you because you're living it and you cannot let anybody's perspective because they don't understand it. They don't know it to um, guide you to the point where you're silent. Yes. So fearless fam. Thank you again fearless. for always listening. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Fearless. This Thank is you. why I name This is why the podcast is called no filters, no fears, because uh, I call out the bullshit because people are tend to think that, um, they have the right to tell other people, ironically, tell other people that, oh, your story is fake or what you're going through is not real. Uh, yeah, it is. You don't, you're not living my life for you to tell right. me. Right. We that. are all seeing life from our own vantage points and we have no right to define anybody's experience for them because we're all exactly and see things from our own perspective. But yeah, Be before we, I continue my rant because I have plenty Thank you so much for always listening. And please, if you have any resources, any other links or things, please share them on the comments below. Um, if you feel like you could reach out to Jody, if she would like, if she wants to, um, obviously that will be up to her to say so. But reach out to me. I am open to all sorts of um, links and resources so I could share with everybody else on our page. Um, and like I always say, Stay fearless, everybody. Stay fearless, be bold, and always speak your truth. Thank you so much, Shubi, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. I love the work that you're doing. I love that you are fearless and you are using your voice to, you know, stand up, raise awareness, 
and advocate for other victims and for myself. I don't know how to repay you for for everything that you've done because it's been invaluable to me. We're trying. Um, Good night, everyone. All right. Good night, everybody.